Hello, my name is John Brink and we are podcasting on the brink from downtown Prince George. And Prince George is the capital of Northern British Columbia. A beautiful sunny day outside. Uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful weather. And a very special guest, Riley Banzer, who is an entrepreneur. And Riley, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, I talked to you quite a number of years ago. We kind of got together, talked about entrepreneurship, and then must have been around the 2019 or so, and you were talking about setting up a, a gym of some description, and, uh, and you went forward with it, and you started it. Yeah, that was actually, I think, 2017. Oh my God. Um, yeah, forever ago. And that was my first, well, actually not my first, but one of my first few attempts at trying to get it going and uh, couldn't around then. Um, I remember, yeah, I struck you up for a conversation on just entrepreneurship and how the heck I get started and what I got to do and just wanted to pick your brain because um, you've been doing it for so long in town. So it'll be an awesome resource. And so um, tried then, couldn't get the funding at the time. Um, and so went back to work, worked a few jobs and plunked away at that and I think 2019 the summer of 2019 is when I was finally able to get How the funding. How old were you then? When, when we talked the last time in 2017, how old were you then? I believe I can you, ask you how old you are. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bashful about my age. Yeah. Come on now. Um, I was 25 when I opened it and yeah. I think when we met I was 23 yeah. thereabouts. A young fellow, huh? Yeah. Entrepreneurial, right? It was entrepreneurship on your mind, or tell me a little bit about your past. Are you from the area, or yes, born and raised Prince George. Um, I moved to Vancouver for a year to try acting for a bit. Right, uh, I think when I was twenty, my mom suggested it when I was in high school because I didn't know what I was going to do for for the rest of my life. I had no. Uh, plans in high school. I, I didn't take any of the crazy classes. Nothing really interested me. Um, I did the drama stuff just because it was fun. And and then my mom one day said, oh, well, do you want to be an actor? And I was like, I didn't think that was possible. I thought you had to be like an alien or born in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. to, to even Why did she that. think that you should be an actor? Just because I was into it. I was having fun doing the drama class. I did the plays. I was charismatic, yeah. I guess. Kind of came natural yeah, to you. Just, yeah, anyway, liked, liked goofing around, like the make believe stuff, and um, so then I went to Vancouver, and quickly blew through all my savings. Um, yeah, D did you go to a, a schools school? or anything? Yeah, nope, no schools. Um, just went into some classes, like the weeknight classes and okay. whatnot, and then just had an, I had an agent while I was living here contact me and wanted right. to sign me, and that's what kind of fast tracked me down. I had a two year plan. I was gonna, I was in sales at Ford. And I was going to stick around for a couple mega sales, uh, try and pocket as much as I can. And about six months into that two-year plan, an agent said, hey, you want to come down? And I was like, this is a huge deal. Oh, my God, an agent. This is mind-blowing. And it turns out it was actually, no, not that not that crazy of a thing to, to get an agent when you're um, first starting out. Um, and so anyways, six months into my plan, I jumped down there and burnt through my savings really fast. And I thought, well, this is really cool. I I would like to be an actor and do this kind of thing. But... I can't do the starving artist thing. The waiting tables, one, because I sucked at waiting tables. I was not a good server. Um, terrible memory, so I couldn't remember what table I was at or what was in the food. Yeah. So uh, could not hack it as a starving artist thing. Just it wasn't working out, so I figured I'm going to come back 
to Prince George and I'm going to start a business. Yeah. So that I can... What kind start. of bit Did you have any idea? No of plans. The first time I was introduced to entrepreneurship was when I was 18. Someone yeah. got me into network marketing um, at the health company and I that was the first time I even had heard of entrepreneurship even being a thing. I didn't even know that existed and I was pumped. I was stoked on that. I thought that was actually such a cool concept. I was like, well, maybe this is what would be up my alley. I'm finding out now that in school you can go to entrepreneurship classes and whatnot, which was not a thing when I was in high school. And had it been, I bet you I would have had a much better start. But uh, um, yeah, so 18 was the first time. And I went down there. I got hooked up with some other entrepreneurs in Prince George or in uh, Vancouver that were doing other network marketing businesses. And I was like, well, this is super cool. I'm going to try and bring this to Prince George and, yeah. and start my businesses here. Um, but, but what kind of business? It was the network marketing stuff, like the multi-level marketing, the, the scam stuff that everybody like, kind of calls yeah. it out as. But it was just like health companies kind of thing. Right. Um, so I worked on that for a while. Um, There's a few friends in town that had some success with it, and they were, they were going it. So I hooked up with them here, and we tried to make it work for a few years. and then. Had so no now work. you're 23, 24, still fairly young. Yeah. You got your high school diploma. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you had some marketing experience and then were thinking about becoming an actor or, or something like that. And, yep. and then as you came back to Prince George, you still wanted to become... But what, what, what was so attractive to you about entrepreneurship? It was the freedom. It was... Be... As, make your own decisions, yes. that kind of a thing? Yeah, it was the, I'm going to work crazy, stupid hours, 24 hours, whatever, for myself, as right. opposed to working the eight hours for somebody else. It was just, it was having the choices, being able to make that decision. There was, there was one very important time when I first moved to Vancouver. Um, family time is incredibly important to me. And I remember I was a bartender's assistant, so I was barbacking at this cactus club down in Vancouver. And... It was coming up in the first Christmas and New Year's away from my family. And so I was going to fly up here and spend both of them, both those days with my family. And I remember them saying, well, you can't have both. You can only take Christmas or New Year's off. And so I took the Christmas off and I came up and then I had to fly back down to Vancouver to work my one shift on, as New, a bar Year's. on New Year's Eve as a bartender's assistant, making yeah. $8 an hour or something like that. And they cut me after three hours just after the New Year's thing and everybody, everything so got you, down. you spend all that money to fly back there and you got yeah. three hours of yeah. work in. Yeah, I missed, missed New Year's with my family for $30. And yeah. it was right there. I was like, I don't ever want someone else to tell me that I can't spend time with my family or right. I can't do this. These right. important things that don't come back. Right. And so I was like, that, that needs to change. And So that was the trigger that you said, okay, now I'm going to go back to Prince George's. And, and then, especially somebody that is as young as you, you know, because you're still fairly young, right, at 23 or 24. Uh, so you come back to Prince George, and now you want to start a business. Yeah. Well, if you start a business, I'm telling you something that you know already, uh, you know, that uh, uh, I wrote a book about that, Against All Odds. You know, so when I came here in 19... July 1965, I couldn't speak the language, didn't know a soul, didn't have a job at $25.47. I was going to build a sawmill. It's not easy. Yeah. So, uh, and it obviously didn't happen overnight. So, uh, again, being an entrepreneurial individual, 
what steps did you take next to become an entrepreneur and start a business? Because you didn't have very much money because you spent it all in Vancouver. Yeah. So that was, I came back and I was like, I'm going to, I think it was, would have been 21, 22 at the time. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to start this network marketing business. I'm going to make it in that and I'm going to do it this year. And, and, I, and I pushed and I did as much as I could. And I tried and I tried and I got nowhere, absolutely nowhere for, I think, two or three years I tried that. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm this 22, 23-year-old kid trying to convince people to join a business with me and, and, and grow a business. And I have no backing. I have no credibility. I'm, I'm a nobody. And I'm a kid. What the heck yeah. do I know about health and fitness? What do I know about business and, and freedom and stuff like that? So like, no one took me seriously and, and they shouldn't have. Um, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start a brick and mortar business in the fitness industry. And then maybe I'll have some credibility behind me. And so when I was in Vancouver, there was one big gym there called Origins Parkour. And it was this huge parkour gym. Um, and I was like, well, I enjoy parkour. That's something I was doing as kind of a hobby on the side. And what is parkour? Parkour is, uh, this is where you cue the, the office gif that everybody sends me all the time. The, the parkour. Um, it is kind of like a defensive martial art. It's, it's the fastest, most efficient way from point A to point B. Uh, and sorry, my phone's going off. Um, and it's just your body weight and your, your own two feet trying to get you over some crazy obstacles. So you have to be very fit and you have to be agile. You have to be strong. And the, the little that I've seen of it uh, is that uh, I'm going to jump from this place to that and I'm not going to use any tools to do that. I'm going to just do it with my yeah. body. You got to be fit, agile and strong to do the big crazy climbs and building jumps. Yeah. But parkour is for everybody. It is as simple as being able to step over this table and not fall on your face. Yeah. It's, it's and for any age. Any age, yep. There was a group in the States actually. Um, I... Th almost certain they were all over 80 years old and they all started their own little parkour group and yeah. they go to the parks and they would climb over picnic tables and they would just work on yeah. mobility and, and fall prevention and stuff like that. And it was really, really cool. And, and it was nobody already here in Prince George that was doing that. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that's wrong. There was, there was a group oh, years ago. I'm going to get the date wrong, but like 2011, I think I was still in high school when they were really big, but they were called the PG Hell Jumpers. And they actually had a full-on parkour group that would meet at the library over there and jump around the library and then try and find places. But the, the, the struggle in this town is our environment is so spread out, whereas like Vancouver and all over Europe, it's a dense urban environment. So, so now you're thinking about parkour, maybe be it, and there may be a market for it, right? Yeah. So now you're 22, 23, uh, and, and there's nobody else doing it. And so... Now you had to get it off the ground. That means you had to get a building of some sort, not a building necessarily, but lease a space. Yeah. And then you have to develop your course or the different elements that you were going to use yeah. in your parkour circuit or whatever. Yeah. You know, the, uh, now at some point you started a company called Olympia Running or Olympus? Olympus Free Running is the one. Yeah. I'm at now. So when did you start that? 
That was the parkour gym I started in 2019. Yeah, was that already the, why did you call it Olympus Free Running? Uh, it kind of just came to me. I have a, uh, a thing for Greek mythology. I really like all that stuff. Um, yeah. So, and the Olympus, Olympus was this fictional mountain. I believe it's fictional, right? I think so, maybe. Um, uh, was this fictional mountain that was where all the gods hung out and, and lived on. And I don't know, I just thought that was really cool. But yeah. the mountain concept is what I really enjoyed. Um, it's kind of stuck with me uh, till today. I've, I've built on that. But the mountain concept of trying to climb this incredible, impossible challenge that people yeah. think you couldn't get up to it, and, but you actually can. So the idea is that it's this mountain that anybody can climb as long as you're willing to do it. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. So it's a, it's it's really the concept of uh, parkour, right? So yeah. the doing the uh, you know impossible but not easy using your own body strength and and fitness, and in the meantime, uh, you know become fit and agile, and it, it's a whole different approach to like this morning. I went to the gym with my trainer, and uh, today we did. Uh, chest and arms and but that's not parkour parkour is more using your whole body and a circuit right yeah. so now now you uh going to develop your business so you had the name already olympia uh olympia is free running olympus yeah yeah and and now that's all now it's a parkour business what did you do next to you know, you had to find a place. Well, that was the easy part. Was 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 that stage before that was where a big chunk of the problems came in. Was just getting getting even the idea off the ground. I yeah. I went to Community Futures a few times because that's where people said you can get funding. I went to them and they turned it down. I think why three or four times they said there's no market for that in town because um, they're I believe they're how do they know. That was, that was the hard part was you had to pitch your idea to someone and then they had to take that idea and go and pitch it to a, a committee. So yeah. they're only getting half the story through, through right. whatever you can give them kind of thing. So, so did you then try to find, did you talk to other entrepreneurs to get ideas and saying, uh, you know, how do I get this off the ground? Because yeah, I talked to you. That one time, <laughs> I came. I came searching for you to try and figure out. Like I, I had gone through it all. I, I didn't want to take any investors on or or partner with anybody because it was like I said. It was. Yeah. I want to make sure I was in control at the start, um, mostly because I also didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't want to take somebody else down in case yeah. I went down. Um, so yeah, I went and talked to as many people as I could. I picked as many brains as I could. I went and had a conversation with you on where to go. But um, that was. That was, I think, 2016, 2017. I was at Fort George Park during that time teaching classes yeah. there. So the reason that I kind of lead you to that is that simply because of, uh, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurship is very attractive to a lot of people and they don't know exactly how to go forward and they usually pursue traditional grounds. They go to the banks and they talk to, with all due respect, to uh, community futures uh, uh, you know that, uh, but uh, other lending institutions may well have given you the same response in a way. And then the one source that I always encourage people to pursue is entrepreneurs that have been successful 
having been in business for a number of years, are always quite willing to, if somebody reaches out to them, to sit down with uh, you know aspiring entrepreneurs and and talk about their ideas and give them feedback, and uh, and that can be very helpful because uh, they already have the experience. It's usually for free, uh, and and they are, you know, are willing usually to help others that want to pursue the entrepreneurial route. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what I always encourage people to do that. Obviously that's what you did. You talk to me, you talk to others uh, likely, and uh, I hope I gave you some good ideas, uh, you know, but uh, I'm sure I would have encouraged you uh, to go in the right direction, take it one step at a time, uh, you know, and then from there on in, uh, you know, you were on your way to get it off the ground. That was, seeing that in your office was actually one of the biggest motivators as well and hearing your story when we talked about it. this one 2547 yeah. yeah i thought that was that was that was awesome i was like that's that's the grind that's that's the story that's what it's all about right is yeah. is going from nothing to something and that's and then the other part uh, uh riley is to me is always attitude passion work ethic mm -hmm. attitude is that uh, avoid the negative be positive look forward uh, and then uh Passion is find something you like and then pursue that, uh, you know, and then uh, work ethic is, as we talked about it earlier, it means that uh, uh, if, if I hear people that say they want to be entrepreneurs and they have the misconception that entrepreneurship means that uh, you spend most of your time uh, taking money to the bank and planning yeah. holidays. Well, that's not the way it is. You know, you have to be willing to kind of make the commitment and then work very hard, you know? So, now you got the idea, you got then the parkour uh, uh, location set up. That was another thing is uh, find the right location, find the right building. Can you afford it to do that? And then develop the circuit or the layout. So how did you go about all of that? Uh, well, 2017, tons of buildings available, no funding. Fast forward to 2019, finally was able to get the funding after going to work and saving up some money and applying to community, or not community futures, uh, futurepreneur, which is someone that they came to town. They actually did like a workshop here for young entrepreneurs. Okay. Hopped in with them, was able to acquire funding after a year and a bit of dealing with them. So who were they, uh, just for the benefit of yep. uh, those people that are watching, so who came to town, you said? Uh, Futurepreneur. They're, Future entrepreneurs? Yeah, they're, they're from, they're Vancouver-based, but they partner with BDC. Okay. And they fund people from 18 to 39 years old that oh, are... Are they still doing that now? Yep. Yeah, yep, they're still going. Um, I don't know where they're doing the workshops, but on their website, they have all their... All their yeah, so what would be the website, again, for people that aspire? Uh, futurepreneur.ca is, I believe, where yeah. you get most of their resources. Okay. So um, people can kind of look it yep, up. Yeah, that's a good startup so, for young entrepreneurs. They're... They, you have to go through obviously a bunch of hoops, which is good. That you have to write up a whole business plan. You have to make sure you check your boxes. You have to get a mentor in town, uh, someone local that you can constantly communicate with each month. Um, so, sure did you do that as well? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then eventually um, they, they give you the funding and off you go. And then they, they have. Uh, so, how much funding did you get from them? They, at the time, was 45000 15 from Futurepreneur, and then another thirty from BDC. 
Okay. Um, then you just pay those off over five years. Their interest rate's a little high, but as it should be, like they're taking a big risk on a young entrepreneur starting yeah. up. So how much uh, did they lend you? It's 45000 45000 yep. Yeah, so that give, put you in the position then where you got it off the ground. Yep. Uh, you had some capital yep. available. And yep. Okay. For the first year, they charged uh, only interest, which was also helpful. And yep. then during COVID, they were really helpful. They actually they offered a $10,000 top-up loan, interest-free. Yep. Yeah, um, for anybody that needed a little extra during that time, so that was really yeah. really nice of them. And uh, yeah, that was another. The timing was not uh, the best in oh terms of. Oh man, no. That 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 really was, created a challenge for you, right? Yeah, it was what the five years of of trying to become an entrepreneur and three years specifically trying to get the gym going, um, and then six months. So you you opened the gym when was it September 2019 September 2019 six yeah. months before the pandemic hit yeah and yeah. Uh, and then uh, the following year pandemic uh, yeah hit so then how did you deal with that you could as well as I could I guess yeah yeah, yeah. did you, you couldn't be open no for this is everything's better in hindsight too I made a bunch of rash decisions that I don't think well I did what I could in the time but had I could do it all over again, would have handled it very differently. But uh, we were just about to run our first ever ninja competition in town. Um, we still ran it, but we lost a bunch of people that were interested in it, obviously, because things were closing down. People were suggesting to be staying indoors. So we just quickly ran that. And the next day, gym closed. And I had no idea how long we were going to be closed for. No one really knew what was going to happen. So I... Uh, kind of made a panic decision this little unit in my same building opened up and so i was like well the rent here is almost four thousand dollars in this unit this one here is about 17 um 1700 1700 i'm gonna pop over here and just kind of ride it out because the space i was in wasn't ideal anyways it wasn't going to be a long-term home yeah uh, most places in town it is it on first avenue no it is uh over in the nicholson center okay nicholson yeah yeah um the most landlords in town, that was the extra, uh, the, the next issue was once I had funding is most landlords wouldn't take a chance on a 25 year old trying to start a parkour gym. Right. So most places wouldn't even consider a lease for me. Uh, shout out to Brookwood Properties. They actually gave me a shot. They let me in for a year in uh, the old CrossFit building in the corner of Nicholson there. Yeah. Uh, and then like I said, they had uh, a little back unit. So it didn't even have a front door. It was just this tiny little back area. And uh, so I made the panic decision. I'm like, well, I'm going to be closed for however long here. The quarantine was what, like four months where everything was shut down. I had no idea how long that was going to be when it first started. So I was like, okay, if I'm sitting here, I'm going to try and I have to save on the rent somehow to kind of ride it out because we didn't know about the rent assistance that was going to come out from the government. There was, there was nothing. Uh, so tore down the entire gym in two days, what took three months to build. Um, and moved it over into the little small space and then took the whole quarantine and kind of slowly put it back together in that little tiny spot and then did the roller coaster ride of open close open close open close you could do this maybe you could do this you could have one person here you could maybe have kids in you could it was never really concrete as everyone kind of experienced you never knew what the heck you could do and what could you couldn't do yeah. so but survived and and completely changed the business on how I Operated the place was mainly an adult uh, teen recreation facility. It was and maybe like one or two kids classes, but because all the other kids sports shut down, 
a bunch of kids got sent my way and it actually gave me a bunch of exposure. So right. there was there was two months during the whole COVID nightmare that actually were some of my best months um, yeah. because we got a big push of interest yeah. our way when no one knew we even existed because we'd only been around for six months. Right. Um, so that was actually kind of a blessing in disguise a little bit, but then that was only for the first little bit. And then it all started going back down again once we got like the re-lockdown. And, yeah. Uh, People being told that they couldn't go to gyms, they couldn't do really anything. I lost all my teens and adults that were coming to the space, so the place turned into kind of like a, a kid facility as the majority. Um, and so I had to completely adjust how we did business. And So your business model was then, I look at the gyms that we have here, they usually charge an annual or, or biannual, whatever rates they charge, and, and that's how people buy memberships. Would that be have been the same, or is it the same with your company that way? When we started, yeah, it was it was the traditional memberships or drop-ins, punch passes, all the standard stuff. But then, as we went along, new business. I was learning what worked and what didn't work, and completely had to shuffle uh, because the open gyms that we were doing were dying out because no teens and adults were coming. Uh, the punch passes eventually went away. The drop-in things went away, and it just started to mutate into a classes only type structure where now we do seven week classes everyone comes once a week for yeah. seven weeks and then we renew and and that kind of thing and my hope is that one day we can get back into a full-fledged gym where people are coming daily like pre-covid we used to be open six days a week i had yeah. open gyms every night and we'd have 10 to 20 people teens and adults anyone from 60 something to 15 coming in playing tag and jumping around the gym and just that's when uh, it started that back yeah in 2019 and it then, still has not recovered from COVID. no can't get the the teens and adults back for some reason and i run the open gyms for free for yeah. the last for the last year and a bit i've why is that uh why aren't they coming back yeah that's the the question i'm trying to figure out i I assume it's just because we were trained to sit for two years. We kind of just, we were told to kind of stay indoors and not do anything for two years and, and uh, turn into homebodies. And then also parkour is such a crazy niche sport to begin with that um, trying to get someone to go out and try something totally random is hard enough. Trying to get someone out to try parkour specifically and then trying to get someone to pay to go out and do something strange that they don't know if they're going to like is is even harder yeah um so i tried to take the barrier of entry of payment away by making it free just because it's like the space is sitting here please come use it let's get this this stuff going um but there's also just the there's still some lingering fear of the pandemic i assume that that makes it hard and because of the movements I had to shuffle into a back alley sort of entrance. So now you've got this creepy back alley entrance type thing to my gym. So it's like, you come to my creepy back alley thing. There's no windows. There's yeah. no front door. So, so it's, the it's intimidating. is not the right one right now. No, it's, it's, it's getting worse every year because I've, I've ended up having to move three times now. So you have to kind of look for another place? Desperately or? need a, a new space. Yeah. But the other issue comes in now. COVID knocked me down business-wise, so like the the money for an incre a massively increased lease isn't there because these leases in town are also sky high for yeah. for a warehouse space such that I need, right? Yeah, location critical. Or? Location, no, I don't. I, especially in this town, I don't think people will drive pretty much anywhere for something yeah. that they want to do. Um, we're not like 
spread way out. Maybe you won't go out to the BCR site for something. No, no. But, like, but, but I can but, see in the major downtown region, yeah. not a problem, yeah. right? I'd love, I would love to have the gym downtown. Right. When I first came back to Prince George, that was actually one of my biggest goals was I wanted to somehow, I didn't know how, but yeah. help liven up the downtown core. Like I just, yeah. I loved our little street over there that's got the Christmas lights where Nancy O's is and all those restaurants yeah, yeah. and like it's just so cozy and I'd love to somehow be able to have something down there that also yeah. inspires people to come downtown. But yeah. there's the you know location is critical and then obviously the other part problem is uh, no different with us in our business uh, you know we got very adversely affected by COVID and then even worse by what followed uh, mm -hmm. you know the yep. uh, global supply chain uh, finding people and uh, a whole lot of uh, other issues direct and directly relating to COVID really you know and uh, you know so it will take some time to get it back to uh, the new normal, if you wish, you know, so whatever that is, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, it looks like, uh, uh, as I said to you earlier, uh, I was at Gold's this morning. Uh, there were a lot of people there. And I was saying to, uh, you know, my trainer, uh, wonder why there are so many people. Well, part of it likely is uh, they all made a commitment that, uh, you know, we're gonna go to the gym yeah. at least for two or three weeks, and yeah. as I used to do, and then they kind of forget about it again. Uh, you know, but uh, the New Year's push. Yeah. yeah. So, so that uh, now the the other thing that uh, you know from a career perspective is, obviously, you still got an attraction to uh, 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 doing what you already did well in school. That's why your mom sent you to Vancouver to learn to become an actor, potentially. Mm -hmm. And you've been part of some of the movies that uh, we've done in Prince George. Yeah. So, so how did you, other than you have a natural ability for it, all the things around it likely. So tell us about some of the movies that you've been involved in. Uh, the, it was actually kind of interesting, the, t the contrast between the two. There was the, the Great North Christmas one that came here. Yeah. Um, that was just a connection through a friend yeah. um, that was working on the movie and auditioned and, and I went. And uh, that was actually a really cool experience to see all that working around in Prince George and the whole crew and everything. Yeah. Um, when I was in Vancouver, I did a couple small things. Um, so it was, it was really neat to see all the cameras and the crew and whole different world everything but yeah but in in our in our town which is which is really neat but um and it's all the familiar faces on set as well a yeah. bunch of local people getting the roles which is which is really cool yeah um and the funny part about that is that movie was like blown up like everyone was talking about it it was everywhere it was this big deal and it was all local stuff and then just last year i think there was another movie which was called Cold Meat, um, I think it was like a psychological thriller um, that came out of nowhere and it filmed up at Salted Cracker in the heart and it was an LA production company so it wasn't even anybody wow. local and there was a, a bunch of the main actors were from Europe and LA and stuff like that and it was like the best kept secret like I didn't hear anything on it no one talked about it but again a friend in the industry had me audition and I had a little tiny role um, in the back uh, and then it just was gone as quickly as it came and I still haven't heard anything about it as it being filmed here especially at a local business up in up in the heart it was very 
Very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, that you wouldn't kind of look at Penjoyce's uh, ideal location for movies, but obviously in BC or in Canada from time to time, maybe even now, a lot of movies are being uh, made here because of cost or locations or whatever yeah. they require. And uh, here in Prince George, I think it all started quite a number of years ago by an initiative that uh, uh, the Chamber of Commerce was involved in and some other people and uh, other ones, persons that uh, I know are quite involved in the most movie industry is uh, Jenna Phillips and you know, some of those people, uh, you know, the, uh, so, so you're still quite involved in that uh, now, or do you go to other locations, or you pretty well stay for the movie industry in Prince George? It's actually kind of cool that my whole plan was to come and be an entrepreneur so that I could fund myself back down yeah. in Vancouver, but it seems like time has kind of caught up, and now it's, there's potential up here, which is really neat. Kelowna is apparently blowing up. There's those, a bunch of little movies filming all the time. Um, and I actually, I can't remember how, but through family and a series of connections, I was introduced to an agent in Kelowna. And okay. I figured, well, if I'm plunking around up here running my business, I'll kind of ease my way back into it with a, yeah. up in, a, a brand new startup kind of agency there. And I've done a few auditions for them and... Uh, uh, there's a whole bunch, like I said, filming down there, but so I'm plunking away. With, so once uh, they know that you are involved, then they kind of seek you out no matter where the location is, right? Who's that? The Kelowna the, or the people in town? Yeah, the, the people in town, but also Kelowna would be looking at Prince George for uh, talent. Yeah, I think they, they get better tax credits and things like that. And I think they're also obligated to hire a certain amount of local actors, so right. it makes for some good benefits for people that are in the area. Right. So as you go forward from here on in, Riley, what, what is your main objective is to kind of wait it out with the procure, kind of slowly build it back up again to where it is sustainable, or? Um, the last year was, excuse me, <laughs> last year was a battle with the gym, with the the constant, well, we were past the open close thing, but that had had taken its toll. But then it was, I was stuck in that really small shoebox of a little yeah, yeah. of a little space, and it was like a slow death for the gym and myself. It was just it was suffocating it, yeah. um, especially not having people my age that were training the sport. So I had people to kind of work with and build off of, and right. and all that, and and so I made the desperate jump into another back alley building, same, same building, but different unit. Okay. Um, with the gym, uh, just last summer and hopes that that was going to be uh, a big kick. And so third time moving the gym, the hope was now we're going to get things back going. And now yeah. it's been about six months and everything's about the same. Um, still doing, still here, still kicking. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. Um, but my hope was still to get the parkour community and the ninja community type thing growing in, in this town because yeah. it's huge everywhere else. It's, it's getting crazy. And so I feel like there's, there's lots of potential here for that sport. Because when I was in high school, I played a little bit of volleyball, and a little bit of football, but there was nothing really that caught my attention in that, in that uh, realm. 
uh, as much as parkour did. It was it was right. a sport for it was just you against you. It was wasn't about crushing the other team. It wasn't about beating anybody else. It was just right. like I'm afraid to do this and I'm gonna do it anyways and try right. and push myself and grow. So my hope is that I know that the sport has been important for me and that means there's other people as well that don't that don't even know it exists or right. aren't into any other sports so they're not doing anything active. Um, so my hope is that I can really introduce people to this this sport in this town and get it big and start running the competitions and and I really want to do a lot of fundraising type fun activities like yeah, I yeah. had this this dream when I first started the gym back actually before I started the gym when I was teaching it at Fort George Park I wanted to get our servicemen uh, paramedics police and firefighters to make like a little ninja team each yeah and they would come and compete in the ninja competition um, and people would donate to their teams to, yeah. to support support their teams running it and then like have some sort of prize charity prize at the end for whatever yeah makes sense servicemen yeah. that that wanted i just thought that'd be a really cool thing to get the city yeah. together because to support our servicemen and and all that so i thought that would be servicemen and women so i thought that'd be really cool um so i hope this year i can and do more things like that the fundraising yeah. sort of fun side of the ninja parkour stuff um and one of my efforts in doing that is i'm actually going to put myself out there now that the gym is still alive we made it through the other side of covid I'm actually going to try and compete more competitively in these competitions. Yeah. I ran one ninja event back in October uh, 2021. That was my first ever ninja competition. We did, I didn't even know that stuff existed. There's an actual Canadian ninja league, kind of like the American Ninja Warrior, yeah. but uh, for Canada. So it goes all the way across Canada. Anyone from, I think, six to eight years old, or six years old, all the way up to 50-plus categories. Like there's, there's room for everybody in the ninja stuff. Um, so I'm hoping that I can somehow let everybody know in town that there is a sport. If if you don't have one yet or there's something that interests, there is another option. And really try and push that here in town to get people. How can you give it more exposure? Uh, uh, you know, this will help, obviously. Uh, yeah. You know, that that's why we're here. Uh, you know, is saying, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, should give us the location again how does somebody say okay Riley I'm interested in tell me what do I do where, where do I go or how do I contact you and go to your location uh, you know for our guest uh, olympusfreerunning.ca which I look at any of them this one olympusfreerunning.ca is the main website uh, for my gym Instagram and Facebook, Olympus Freerunning as well. Uh, not Olympics, Olympus, uh, like the Greek stuff. That would be the best way to kind of see what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and anybody that comes to the gym, um, I'm trying to encourage them to maybe partake in the Ninja League with me as well because it is okay. open. My hope was when I went to the competition in October, uh, there was a coach down there competing in his age category. Okay. And then he had a group of people from his gym. So he had a whole team that was competing in their own little categories. So where was that? Here in Prince George? It was in Vancouver. In Vancouver? Okay, yeah. so that's the kind of concept idea? Is There's actually, they just announced a new season for this year. It's January to September. Okay. And it is cross Canada. So they have a bunch of competitions in Ontario. They've got a handful in Edmonton. Um, and I think a few in Vancouver, but that gym is moving to a new location. So it'll be later in April when they'll get going. But okay. you compete across Canada and all these competitions and then depending on how you place they just the Canadian Ninja League just did their very first 
nationals last year. Um, so that they're going to be doing a national thing for Ninja across Canada. But then also, depending how you pay, place in their league, you can qualify for the Worlds, which is right. well, which is a whole thing I didn't even know about either. And it's very popular throughout British Columbia, right? Uh, Victoria, uh, you know, Vancouver, Kelowna, very popular. Mostly down south. There's uh-huh. uh, mostly down south. There's there's a few gyms. I think there's. Two in Vancouver and maybe one on the island. Yeah. Um, but as far as I know, there's no ninja gyms kind of in the interior and up north. Okay. There's one parkour gym that I know of in Penticton. Okay. Um, and they're also looking at starting their own interior parkour league. Yeah. Which would be huge for, for the interior. Because I think there's also a parkour gym in Fort St. James or John. One of the, one of the okay. forts has one. So, so it's growing. Somebody, you know, it's a growing sport right in canada across the world huge huge everywhere else so so it will become in canada as well so timing is everything right so if somebody wants to do it do they go google and kind of see what it really all involves or the sport or the like yeah the sports you know saying that uh okay i'm interested in what i've heard so far they would say our guests that are watching uh, we are interested in that, you know, so that uh, obviously not, they now know the location. What kind of costs would be involved if somebody came to your gym or parkour circuit or, you know, the, uh, but how would the steps be? Initially, they go down there to watch and then from there and then saying, okay, I want to join, you know, your parkour, right? Well, first, most important step if you're interested in parkour, is you have to clear the Michael Scott parkour memes out of your head. Okay. And the James Bond action movie sort of ideas out of your head as well. There is a vast middle ground in there from, like I said, being able to walk over this picnic table, or picnic table, uh, this coffee table, or to be able to just climb over a fence. There's a, right. there's a big range in the center, but people, when they hear parkour, it's either the joke or it's way too intense and you're climbing rooftops and jumping massive leaps right. and, and backflipping. Everyone thinks if you can't backflip, that's not parkour, but that's tricking. It's a whole other world. Um, you don't have to do any flips and you don't have to do any sort of crazy leaps. It's, it's as simple as you need it to be. And that's what I encourage people when they first come to the gym is I've got a bunch of these little landers, little bars, little pieces of wood. I throw them out on the floor and all it is is you just walk around on these things until you get bored. It's yeah. always just about being bored. So you do, you do this most simple, boring task, and once that's boring, your body's just going to kind of, oh, maybe I'm going to jump this time. But should they further. be wearing uh, if, shoes? Uh, just a pair of shoes. Do they have uh, gym clothes on? Like Whatever. if I go to the gym, uh, I have a, uh, you know, a, a sports shirt on and then my shorts, my, my uh, gym shoes. and This right here is pretty much what I wear when I do parkour. It's yeah. just a pair of comfy pants and whatever. There's, it's, it's kind of like, a, it's like skateboarding. It's kind of like the little urban underground sort of edgy type thing. It's whatever you want to wear. There's lots of people that do parkour in their jeans, which yeah. makes me want to cry because that's just, ugh. Yeah, jeans, and so that is a uh, uh, man, and it's, it's uh, not ladies and men that can be all at the same uh, gym or yep. the same... Yep. And then all ages are training at the same time? When you, at my gym, uh, I try and, because I'm trying to get the teens and adults back in, the 8 to 12-year-olds is no problem. That's, they're really interested in that, but it's trying to get 
the older um, demographic back in and show them that this isn't just like a, a kid's sport where you jump around on couches yeah. and playgrounds. Like this is an absolutely awesome workout because you don't realize how hard you're working because you're playing the whole time. You're yeah. just climbing stuff, but you're you're lifting, jumping, landing, and running all at the same time. So it's this it's this wicked workout, um, but it's all disguised as play. Yeah. Pre-COVID, we used to have, like I said, the groups of 15 to 60-year-olds playing tag for like three hours yeah. on, a, on a Tuesday night until like 10 o'clock, and we'd just be toasted because we, we didn't realize how long we were going for. Yeah. Um, so right now, the open gyms, if you were to, if you were like, I want to try this out, you just clear your head of any stereotypes you think, and you book a spot on the open gym um, on the website, and you just show up with a pair of running shoes and whatever comfy clothes you want to sweat in, yeah. and... You just kind of, you can sit in the corner and jump on the two landers or you can join the rest of the crew that's jumping around um, and climb some walls. Um, there's a foam pit. People can just jump in there if they want to work on their flips. The key is to show up and, and kind of what. So what are the times then? Been, uh, is it how many days a week? Currently, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. At, yeah. 7.30 on Tuesdays, 6.30 on Wednesdays, and 7.30 on Thursdays. And it's yeah. free. Um, I plan to run it free. For as long as possible, just because, like I said, I just I the space is just sitting there. I'm hoping to encourage people uh, or bring the barrier of entry down as low as possible to come jump around. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. about as easy as it gets. And it's just it's that it's getting rid of that that stereotype in the head or the the initial fear of being seen doing something strange or embarrassing yourself. And yeah, the, the going key- to a back alley weird kind of gym is also difficult, but. Yeah, the key is to show up, then sit on the side, watch what everybody's doing, dress casual. Uh, there is no particular, uh, you know, age limit or it's Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Thursdays, three days a week. And the open gyms currently are for 13 plus, hmm? 13 plus. So 13 years and, and older is what we're for the open gym side. Classes, right. uh, we've got eight to 12 and 12 plus. Yeah. But uh, right now, we're trying. I'm trying to encourage the teens and adults to come back to the open gym. So if I opened, if I had the open gyms for the younger ones, it would uh, we wouldn't have the space because there's lots that want to come. Lots of little kids want to come to the open gyms. But yeah, the issue turned into I tried it actually uh, before I moved, but the issue became with limited numbers. There was a lot of kids that were booking in every single week, which means a lot of kids weren't able to. So until I can find a way to, with a, I'm, I'm a single man show, so until I can find a way to have employees and I can run seven days a week and have way more open gym options, yeah. I can't do the underage, under 13, because uh, lots of kids won't get the opportunity. Yeah. So I felt like it was unfair. So right now I'm just holding small until I can grow. Yeah, so, so basically, you know, the, the way I see it is that Obviously, it's been shown around the world and more and more so in Canada that it is a very, very popular uh, and healthy sport, uh, you know, and very, very interesting, but it's different. And, uh, you know, and, and to get to know, go down and, and watch it and then kind of uh, go from there, right? And, and there's a, an interest or a, a point too that I want to make people aware of is that it is mainly like there's obviously more males than females in the sport right but there are still a ton of females in the sport and it is it's not the standard male female or male dominated one it's it's pretty even 
And there's a competition that I'm going to attempt to qualify for down in Vancouver. It's one of the only ones in BC right now, and it's one of the biggest ones in the world uh, for the parkour competitions. And I was watching the videos of last year's competition, and there are there was a large number of Instagram, YouTube famous parkour girls that are competing in this competition, more than the men. Like there's a couple random sort of parkour people for the male side, but on on the lady side, there was there's tons of famous cross war or cross country or sorry cross the the world female athletes competing in this as well. So if somebody wants to watch this and can they go on Google and kind of put in and see what you do and what you are competing in in Vancouver, uh, you know, like if I go parkour, then I see people jumping from buildings to buildings in the middle of some downtown area, scary stuff. And then I see more what you're doing and yours, which is mainly for uh, you know, developing fitness and health and strength. And uh, so if somebody kind of put in parkour, would they then be able to kind of see what they be doing in your gym and potentially where you are competing in Vancouver, what they would be doing, what that would kind of look like? On the, the range, if you're starting really small, you just Google or go to Instagram or Facebook and look up the Olympus gym. That would be the easiest one to see what of the basic stuff that goes on there. Yeah. Then the next step would be going to my Instagram, Riley Banzer, and you'd see more of what I've been training for. Right. And then you Google uh, parkour, you'll get the standard jumping off buildings of that. You Google parkour gyms, you'll maybe see a little more there. But then you right. Google sport sport parkour league okay that is the one down in vancouver um, and then that's where you'll see that is better on youtube but that's where you'll see the actual competition side of it okay but then parkour and ninja are two different yeah. categories yeah. um so you you'll have to nin uh, search uh canadian ninja league if you want to see the ninja side of things that would be more up your alley if you want to yeah. that's more like rock climbing on steroids kind of thing. It's, it's a lot of upper body swinging and grabbing stuff. And then the parkour is a lot of feet and technical movements and, right. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So good potential in your opinion, right? Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, that sport obviously is very, very popular around the world already. Uh, Europe in particular and North America. Uh, you know, not so much here as yet, but it will... Uh, you know, because it's a fun thing to do. Uh, how about couples, if they go, do they work together then? Or does everybody do it individually? Is the As far as I've seen, couples have a blast because it's like uh, we usually end up getting into a parkour games. So like have yeah. like a game of horse kind of thing where it's right. like you do this and then you try and then everything yeah. feeds off each other. The parkour community in a gym is is almost always awesome. It's someone sees you do something like, Oh, I want to try that. And then they try and do it. And then the next person, then we, we would get a train going where people are trying yeah. the same thing. And it's never like, Oh man, he beat me or he did better. It's like, well, right. that was really cool. And I yeah. want to see if I can do that next. It was always, yeah. it's always pushing and building people up. Is, is it something that couples could go to together? Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's, that's another thing that makes it unique for a client potential is that uh, so many of the things that, some people do for fitness uh, is more individual, not so much couples. And this 
maybe has that potential, oh, yeah. which would make it unique. Yeah. It would be, it'd be, we actually want, or I was trying to uh, partner with Deadfall Brewing before winter hit. We didn't get around to it, but we wanted to do like a date night where yeah. you, you come and do some parkour for a bit, play some games with your significant other or a friend, and then you go right next door because I'm sharing the, the wall with Deadfall Brewing, and then you go over there and you have a couple beers and yeah. do some trivia and stuff. And Nice. Yeah, so we want to we wanna do a lot of couple things there. And I think couples will have a lot of fun Yeah, because it's a lot less scary when you've got a buddy with you. It's not so intimidating. So, David, take you back to the time that you were uh, in 2017. Uh, you were contemplating entrepreneurship and you were looking for ways of how to start all of that. You were quite excited about it, that uh, how do I get something off the ground? Didn't know exactly what it would look like at that point. How is it going so far, considering you had uh, you know, challenges with COVID, obviously, that was not anticipated, but now you're getting it past COVID, you're getting things back on track. Not you, a single thing has gone to plan since 20, 2017. But you're still there. But we're still here, yeah. And, and you're not giving up. No. You're staying the course, you know, and, and you believe in entrepreneurship and opportunity. And it's and it's not for a lack of not considering giving up. Like there's this whole last year was I waffled back and forth. Like, do I sell the gym? Should I try something else? Do I just go back to Vancouver? Like I, it was it was a tough go for business this year. After and it's not because of what necessarily happened this year. It's the, everything that happened before it. Right, the entrepreneur that whole journey is like I said, did not go to plan. So it beats you down. And, yeah. and that's like you said earlier, the entrepreneurship is everyone thinks it's going to the bank. And yeah, like there's a couple of times where I considered a price increase and it's like, well, that's just, no, I'm not paying that. And I was like, it's not because I'm like trying to get a lot more out of you. It's the thing's gonna got to survive. Right. Exactly. So. And, and so, uh, so if I go back to when uh, I first started, I did my business plan. Send it to every bank in town. Everybody's turned me down. Ended up with two, two banks. One of them was the Royal and another bank, forget on which one. And uh, would go back there and then they would look at my business plan. There's probably 12 times already I've been there. And then I was not pushing too hard. And then the loan officer said, well, okay, let me talk to the manager about it. I always made sure I didn't push too hard and made changes or recommendations. The problem that I had, I had no money, you know, so, uh, and, uh, you feel that? Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. And, and so then, then one day, uh, you know, I staying the course, uh, you know, again, he said, uh, I'll let me go to the manager. And then that was the old Royal bank building and it must've been 19, early 1975. And uh, the, the, the same bank now on Victoria Street and the, the manager was sitting in the far corner in these cubicles and, and there I was sitting there waiting and all of a sudden heard three cubicles away. He said, give him the money, give him the money. <laughs> all I wanted is $25,000. And so that's the start. Was it easy since that time? No, it wasn't. In fact, uh, uh, you know, am, am I encouraged by entrepreneurship? Yes, I am. Do I still believe in it? Yes, I do. Do still I believe in this? 
attitude, passion, work ethic, yes. Was it going to be easy? No. Nobody said that it would be and it won't be. But, uh, you know, the key is always, I believe, and you did that fairly early, is that always feel free to talk to entrepreneurs, you know, about others that have gone through it and, uh, and talk to them about saying, uh, you know, what do you think? What should we do? Uh, how should I go about this? It's free information and usually given without an agenda that only want to see you do well. Mm-hmm. That then being said, so before we go, I'm going to sign a couple of books for you. And I have them right here. The one of them is the Against All Odds. It's not about hurrah, hurrah, John, how well he did, but uh, in fact the opposite. How through all the adversity, uh, you know, I survived uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and stayed the course, you know, and, and uh, so it's in, encouraging to. I just want to make sure I spell your name correctly. That is with an I, right? Yeah. R I L E Y. E Y. It's almost like in hindsight, getting the money was the easy part. It's the everything that comes after is is exactly. actually worse. Exactly. Yeah. At the start, it's the first problem. Yeah. Exactly. First of many. But. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Exactly. Awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> That's the one. And I'll give you the other one, too. So the other one, these are free, but I want you to look at the back and tell me what, uh, what, how much does the book cost? And, and not for you, but... 25 47 Oh, it took me a sec. I got it. <laughs> awesome. That's actually awesome. So these books have been uh, quite popular and... Uh, you know, I'm writing another one that uh, you may find interesting. It's coming out in July, this July. It is uh, Finding Your Passion, Living the Dream. And that's about precisely what you were talking about earlier, saying, uh, you know, there you go to school. You, you feel like you want to be an entrepreneur. You don't know exactly what. So your mom saw in you a natural ability to, you know, things that relate to becoming an actor, uh, and, and encourage you to go to Vancouver to explore that. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, and, uh, but the, the key is always to find that passion and then staying the course. And that's what the next book is all about, is that finding that push, uh, the passion early in life and saying that, uh, you know, the, uh, this is the direction that I would like to go in. How can I put effort into becoming, uh, de- developing skill sets that will help me as I go forward. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, and then gradually fine tuning it into a certain direction. But, uh, you know, become, but I believe is very important, has been very important to me, become a very effective communicator. Uh, you know, understand as much of business as you can. And then uh, at the same time, uh, you know, uh, never give up, you know, because, uh, you know, that by staying the course, even when things go uh, sometimes challenging, uh, is, is for those that stay the course at the end will succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Righty. Again, okay. wish you luck. Stay in touch. Yes. And Thank here's my other book. Awesome. And, and already, you know, I'm ADHD. Uh, I call it a superpower. Has been very popular, yeah. the book, and uh, it's, uh, it's very amazing. And the other ones will be as well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because you're you're living what I'm hoping to 
to be doing. Like still trying new stuff, starting new things, still in the health and fitness world, staying healthy, stay positive, staying positive. So like avoid uh, negative. Yeah. You know, you're doing exactly what I hope to be doing when I'm your age, my man. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks. Sir.